the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Welcome to Live Big with Bishop Derek Rear. Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God, and we believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our prayer is that this broadcast empowers you to live a life so big that it blesses everyone and everything around you. Let's get into the teaching. Open your Bibles to uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one, we're going to look at a scripture that, you know, back in the 80s and 70s, this verse of scripture was taught very often in churches. I don't really hear it taught from very much anymore, but we're going to dig into it today. So again, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, throughout the book of Hebrews, the writer by the Holy Spirit is impressing upon the hearts of all that read this book the danger of unbelief. You see, the, the Hebrew Christians had uh, uh, experienced, well, they, many of them had actually knew Jesus and, and, and were part of his ministry. They watched him go to the cross, and, and then they heard about the resurrection, and many of them were in the upper room, and, and then they dispersed uh, across the globe. So this is an incredible uh, group of people, but what happened is over time they began to operate in unbelief. See, they started out trusting God, just like many of us. We started out strong, but then they got comfortable, and they started saying to themselves, you know, it doesn't take all that anymore. I don't really have to believe God the same way, because really we've become a little more sophisticated now. We we understand the, the, the ins and outs, but the, the Holy Spirit is reminding us in this verse Faith is still the foundation. I don't care who you are, how long you've been in the faith. Faith is still the foundation for receiving anything from God. So you will never get so advanced in your walk that you will no longer need to live by faith anymore. Let's go back to the previous chapter. And this is really just a couple verses back from Hebrews 11.1. 1. And this is Hebrews 10 and 38. And watch what uh, the, the Holy Spirit says here. He says, now the just or the righteous shall live by faith, not just visit faith, not just, you know, use faith as a nice vacation spot or even an emergency spot every now and then. But he said the righteous will live by faith on a daily basis. Watch the next statement. But if anyone, I don't care, apostle, prophet, evangelist, 
teacher. I don't care if you've been in the faith 30 years. I, I don't care if you, you were baptized when you were three days old. I, I don't care if you have sat in the greatest meetings, you know, in the world and, and heard some of the greatest messages. I don't care if you, you've been in the presence of miracles. I, I, I don't care if Jesus himself appeared to you according to scripture. But if anyone draws back from the principle of faith, my soul, God's soul, God's mind, will, and emotions will have no pleasure in him. Does anyone want to please God? I know I want to please God. And according to scripture, the way we please God is by living by what? Faith. So if the promises of God have not yet come to pass, why are we so surprised? Why are we so gum smacked by it? Why are we so, you know, upset as if, you know, we're the only one? No, we're living by faith. And when you live by faith, you, you, you don't always see that which you believe. And sometimes there's a tension between the moment you believe and the moment you actually uh, receive or, or, or get the manifestation of what you're believing for. But this is not just something that, you know, periods of our life we believe God. No, all of our lives, according to scripture, we are to live by what? Faith. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, but verse 2 now. For by it, the elders obtained a good, a what? Good testimony. So if you want a testimony uh, like the heroes of old, you, you want people to tell stories about your life like they told stories about, you know, uh, uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, or, or they told stories about Paul and Peter when they were in prison and all, all those types of things. Uh, the, if, if you want to have that type of uh, a testimony when you get to glory, and I don't, I don't know what entertainment is going to be like when we get up there, but I think part of it's going to be is we're going to watch some movies of some of the great things that people did in their lives while they were uh, down here. But, but here's the deal. There's only one way that we are going to be able to receive the promises of God. And according to him, it's to live by what? Faith. So just as our five senses, and I want you to think about this, um, and we're going to dig into some scripture. You're probably going to see something. You, you probably didn't think about it before. Just as our five senses give us evidence of the world around us, meaning um, I see things and because I see it, I know it's there. I hear something. So even if I don't see that person, I know that that person must be there because I hear their, 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 their voice. Uh, you know, uh, the, you know, our physical senses, you touch, taste, smell, all, all that helps us relate to and, and actually stay in contact, if you will, with the natural, visible world. But faith, on the other hand, is like a sixth sense. And uh, it's a link to the spiritual world. So, again, if I lost all sense of smell, taste, all of my senses, uh, it, it would be an awful experience because I would be out of touch with everything that's around me in the natural world. Likewise, the way we get in touch with the spiritual realm, according to the scripture, is through a sixth sense that a little later we're going to discover God actually provides this sense to us. And this sense is called faith. Now, I'm going to list five scriptures very, very quickly to show you just as we have ears, just as we have a nose and we have a tongue and uh, we have nerves on our head, all of these sensory realities or organs, if you will, they only mirror the, what God has already placed in our hearts, meaning our inner man 
our bodies are a reflection of what God has placed on the inside of us. I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but let, let's stay with me. Ephesians 1 and 18. It says, the eyes of your what? Understanding. How many of you know your understanding does not have eyes? It just doesn't have eyes. Uh, the more modern versions, they say, may the eyes of our, our heart, and it's speaking of our, our heart, it says, may the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. So we see here that our hearts have eyes. Either our hearts see or our hearts do not see. So again, we see our hearts what they see. Listen to Jesus. How many of you think that Jesus might have got it right? He said this, Matthew eleven fifteen. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, everyone listening had ears on their head. I mean, it might have been one or two exceptions. It was some type of accident. But everyone had ears in their head. So what is Jesus referring to? He's not talking about literal ears on people's heads. He's talking about ears in their hearts. So we see that we have uh, eyes of our understanding or eyes of our heart. We also have ears that are in our heart, if you will. But let's take a look at 1 Peter 2 and 3. Peter says, by the Holy Spirit, if indeed you have tasted, watch this, tasted, what do you taste with your tongue? Uh, you can only taste with your what? Tongue. Indeed, you have tasted that the Lord is good or, or the Lord is gracious. How do we taste the Lord? Do we do it with a fork and knife? No, we taste the Lord in our hearts. Let's go one more place. Second Corinthians 2 and 15. It says, for we are to God, the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Now, according to the scripture, if you uh, take it literally, it would mean that Christians have a special physical smell. We all know that is not what the scripture is speaking of here. He's talking about how we smell in the spirit. So in the spirit, we have eyes. In the spirit, we have ears. In the spirit, uh, we can taste. In the spirit, we can uh, smell. I said one more, but let's add even even one more. Let's go to Acts uh, 15 and verse 28. Uh, the, the apostles and, and leaders of the church said this, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than the necessary things. Well, how could this group of men say uh, that, you know, it seemed good to them and the Holy Spirit unless they felt somehow the warmth of God's will in each of their hearts. The Holy Spirit is not a physical person that would physically speak in order to let his will be made known. So everyone obviously had a sense in their heart, if you will, they, they felt in their heart the mind and the will of God. So the, our outer man is important, is a replica or an expression of our inner man. So we think that this is us. No, it's not. Uh, my spirit has eyes that see, ears that hear. And it's pretty profound to think on this level. But when we go to heaven, we're going to be just as real. Heaven is going to be just as actually a more awesome, far more awesome experience than even living on earth because our spirit still retains the abilities that our bodies uh, have. But I'm also looking forward to, to that day when we get a glorified body. So our, our spirits are no longer uh, limited. But uh, let's get back to Hebrews 11 and verse one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
meaning you don't hope for something that's already seen. So faith is looking forward to something you can't physically see or taste or uh, touch or smell yet physically, but you can taste, smell it, feel it, sense it by the spirit. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So there will be things in your life that you are believing for that you have not physically received yet because we are walking by faith. But let's let's look at this again. Now, faith is the what substance of things what hope for meaning you don't have them yet. The evidence of things not what seen. You can't see it. So obviously you don't physically have it yet. So if we're going to walk by faith, we got to continue to trust God when we can't see it, physically smell it, touch it, taste it, uh, see it, etc. In verse two, for by it, the elders obtained a good what testimony, a what a good what testimony. And then it says by faith. This is the thing that a lot of folks think they don't need anymore. And, you know, I've been at this a lot of, a lot of years and, and I've discovered that I will never get so well organized. I will never uh, grow so wise. I'll never learn so much that I will ever get beyond uh, having to live by faith. Faith is a foundational truth. It, you know, a life without faith is, is like, like a house that strays from its foundation. A Christian who strays from faith will eventually crumble. By faith, by what? Faith, by a sixth sense. I was not there when God created the universe, but my faith informs me that the biblical narrative is true. Let's take a look. By faith, we what? understand that the worlds were framed by the word of what God. So we believe God's word is the parent force of the universe. God said, let light be. And guess what? There was. So when, when, when God's word lives in our hearts, we are building a future on the strongest principle in the universe. Let's one more time. By faith, we understand Again, our, our spirits have eyes and, and, and understanding and, and, and they, 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 they sense, it, it senses, et cetera. And it's through faith that we understand certain things. Now, this is important. Faith never contradicts reason, but it's a realm that reaches beyond the limits of reason. You see, what's impossible with man is not impossible with God. And, you know, if everything's only reasonable, we're just stuck in the realm of our senses. But God can transcend our senses, can transcend, you know, what scientifically is probable or what, what scientifically is proven. Uh, you know, Jesus did what? Miracles. A miracle is actually an interruption of the, the, the normal scheme of things. And faith is what helped people tap into what was beyond their diagnosis, what was beyond their physical symptoms, what was beyond uh, what folks said they were going to have to live with for the rest of their lives. So faith is what taps into the spiritual. It taps into the supernatural. And we will never, ever uh, get beyond uh, living and walking by faith if we want to please God. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the, the, the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are what? Visible. According to my Bible, God created everything out of nothing. So if you think you're nothing, you're eligible for a miracle. By faith. So it, it said, uh, by faith, we understand some things. Again, I wasn't there, 
but I understand it. And I, I, in my heart, I know it's true. I can't explain how I know because again, um, I wasn't there, but deep down, I know that I know God just said light be and light was that that resonates in my heart, in my knower. And I discern that is the voice of God. It says by what faith, by what faith, by what faith. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He goes way back to the beginning of history to show us that that faith ha- has been around from 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 day one. It's absolutely timeless. It pleased God back then and it still pleases God right now. It says by faith who Abel um, offered a good and a more sacrifice, a more excellent sacrifice than than Cain. By the way, um, what's about to happen here? We're going to see faith never goes out of fashion. You know, your clothes may go out of fashion, certain words may go out of fashion, but faith never goes out of fashion. Uh, just as Abel's faith pleased God at the very beginning, our faith today pleases God. So, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than who Cain. Now. You guys know the narrative. There were two brothers. And the thing that distinguished Cain's offering from uh, Abel's offering uh, was one word, faith. One gave an offering, but the other gave his first. You see, they both appeared religious, but only one put God first. It takes faith to put God first. You know, we may sing the same lyrics, uh, we may give in the same offering. We read the same Bible, but God knows who puts him first. It takes faith to live this thing out. It's one thing to just kind of try to be religious and, and, you know, try to throw some things at God. But Abel came from a place of faith and he prioritized God and he gave of the first of his sheep, etc. Uh, through which Abel obtained a witness that he was righteous. So because he trust, trusted God, uh, God imputed righteousness uh, to him. Um, God then testifying of his, his, his gifts. Again, because he gave God what was first. Now, you say, what's this first deal? You got to remember, God is the first being. There was no one before him. And the only way you can honor him as God rightfully is to give him your first. Giving him second dishonors him. Um, giving him third, fourth, fifth dishonors him. He is the first. He is the creator. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And the way you honor God is by putting him first, seek first the kingdom, uh, by, 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 uh, making sure that he's the priority in your life, mind, and heart. And, uh, it says, and through it, he being dead, still what? speaks. I think I might have skipped there. Um, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, meaning lightning probably came down from heaven and and uh, it consumed the offering of Cain. And this is important. We got to stop being a victim of fate and live our lives uh, in a way that we can be the result of our faith. Let me say that properly one more time. We got to stop being the victim of fate and let your life be the result of your faith. And this is the way Abel lived. But actually, in a moment, we're going to discover he died. And if you read the narrative, he, uh, Cain killed him because uh, actually Cain got jealous because of the favor of God that was on him. And he killed his brother. And uh, but watch what it says. And through it, he being dead still what speaks. So Abel was killed over this offering. But. What the Holy Spirit's reminding us is our rewards are not only in this life. Abel's reward 
stayed with him from that moment onward. So, you know, dead or not dead, able experience a reward. What we do for Christ will be honored forever. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. So he talked about by faith, Abel, very beginning, but then he moves a little further in history. Enoch came just a little bit later, still before Noah, and he said, by faith, who? Enoch uh, was taken away so that he did not see death. Now, there's only two men in biblical history that did not die. It was Elijah and Enoch. And here's the deal. When you really believe God, you will become the exception to the rule. A thousand at my left hand, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. So Enoch, uh, you know, he, he, he walked so close with God, he didn't see death. And the Bible said, and he was not found because God had taken him, meaning they must have looked for his body. But uh, I don't know what God did, but, but, but God took him home. Now, you may have heard this story before. I, I've told it before, and, and I've heard others tell it. But this is what people say about Enoch. It says, Enoch walked with God for so long that one day God said to Enoch, you know, we walked together for so long. We're much closer to my house than your house. So why don't you just come and stay with me? And this is what happened because Enoch walked by faith. And my prayer is that that that's the experience of each of us. For before he was taken, he had a testimony, meaning folks were saying this about him. And when you live by faith, the results become obvious and, and you will stand out in the crowd and people will talk about you. And for before he was taken, he had a testimony that he what pleased, that he what pleased God. So Enoch had a testimony for uh, doing whatever God said, but also doing it in a manner that pleased him. Nothing was too big or too small for Enoch to do for his God. You know, faith does not make all things easy. It just makes all things possible. And it seems that Enoch was willing to do the hard things, the easy thing, whatever it was to make sure he pleased God. And likewise, whatever it costs me, whatever it it requires of me, my goal, your goal in life is to please the father. And without faith, we're about to read it's impossible to please God. Let's go to the next verse. Actually, I already said it. But without what? Faith. Without what? Faith. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, you. But without what? Faith. So you can attend scripture. I mean, <laughs> attend church, memorize uh, scriptures. Um, but if you don't take the risk to obey, it is impossible to please him. It doesn't say it's unlikely that you will please God. It says it is impossible for you to please God. God's not impressed by our knowledge. He's not impressed by how well we sing, how well we dance. He's not impressed about how far we can throw a football. Everything that we do, you know, he can do a thousand times better. But according to this scripture, and if we used the modern vernacular or the lingo of the day or the way we think, we would say that faith is God's love language. And we learn that we want to speak to people in the, in the language they receive love. And God's like, if you want to show me love, trust me. If you want to show me love, believe in me. And he says, he who comes to God must believe that he is. Now, most of us have this first part down. We, we know God is. We believe God is. The Bible warns us, and it says, you know, in James chapter 2 and 19, even the demons tremble because they know 
God is. Believing in a God is not the same as believing God. Never get that confused. One more time. Believing in a God is not the same as believing God. Never get that confused. So I may believe God exists, but if I don't live a life listening to what he says, do I really believe God? My faith no different than the demons. Demons know God exists. They see him in the spirit. There's God. They see him, but they don't obey. They don't listen. It says he who comes to God must believe that he is and, 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 one more time, and, one more time, and, okay, if you didn't hear me, and, is that what it says? That he is a rewarder. Don't do one without another. Don't just believe God is and think you have biblical faith. No, biblical faith believes God is, but it also believes the second part, the second part, the second part, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, meaning we have to believe that God's got us, that God will reward us either in this life, the next life. If I do what God wants me to do, I will see God's hand in my life. We do not just believe that God's an abstraction that exists somewhere out there. We believe that he's a God that gets involved in our lives and that he will what reward, that he will compensate. He will pay back. He will give us what's due us if we trust him. I just want to read it for myself one more time. Even if it's not for you, I want to read one more time for me. It says, he who comes to God must believe that he is. We got that. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, Noah looked stupid building a boat until it rained. This is important. This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at gracechurchva or on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.